Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie. Right here on 104.9 The Horn. We like to call it the hump day edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. And we'll talk about the uh, the Old Testament style, old biblical style butt whipping that Texas men's basketball put on the Iowa State Cyclones. We'll also get into, well... I guess it was an old biblical style, Old Testament style butt whipping that Texas baseball put on AM Corpus Christi. We'll review both of those matchups coming up here momentarily. Also, we'll talk about uh, what is amounts to a scandal, what could be a huge scandal in college basketball with Alabama basketball, their men's team, uh, one of the best teams in the country. We'll talk about that coming up as well. Also, we'll look at the Cowboys. There's another story, another one, separate story, but the Cowboys looking at a quarterback. Man, this cannot be a coincidence. We'll discuss that. Daniel Jeremiah, his latest mock draft. I'm a mock slut, so we're going to get into that, of course. We'll also get into Todd McShay and what his latest comparison is for Bryce Young and also uh, priority free agents for the Cowboys. All of that and more. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but the first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pimpin' ain't easy but for this man it's a breeze ladies and gentlemen mike hardball hard what's going on what to do what to do with you right it's a hump day edition and what better day to come in here and when it's national margarita day number hey. one number two after two victories for texas men's athletics i mean it doesn't get any better than that mm-hmm. a lot to talk about and we'll get right into it but let me get into it right now he hails from H-Town with the get-down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and Hall of Fame Longhorn, Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But, of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners, my man and yours, Rod Babels. I appreciate the intro, as always. Gets better and better every time. Let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP, the idealionaire, one of the hardest working members of the Aryan family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what's paid, but we damn show that he's underpaid. Patrick Davis. What's up, Patrick? Oh, man, that was a, it was a good night at the Moody last night. Uh, great night at the Mood last night. Uh, you know, I guess we, we should start there. Well, you know what, uh, Harge, last time we were going to talk Texas baseball and Texas basketball, um, I gave you the option of where you wanted to start. And I because of the 0-3 start of the weekend with Texas baseball, you decided, let's talk Texas basketball. I'll give you the option again. Because now we're talking about two wins, a win in the home opener for Texas baseball, big win last night for Texas basketball. Uh, where do you want to start? We're going to start with basketball again All because right, I thought that was a very impressive performance, especially when we've gone through these games where it's been so like t- tight. And last night they came out and performed. So I like to start there. Uh, okay, I'm well, glad. You, there you go. See, yeah. even with Texas baseball yeah. performing really well too, which we'll get to. I, I promise you. This team uh, is ranked number eight, baby. Yeah, they are number eight, yeah. and they looked like a top ten team. It looked like a top five team last night against Iowa State, which also was a ranked team. Yep. Um, they were also in the top twenty five. Uh, so you can be a part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line five one two three three seven three seven seven six. That's the best number to do it, and you can also do it via Twitter. Um, I'm at Rod Baberson in Twitterverse Hard Hardball Hard, my man Patrick Davis said it's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. All right, let's start. Texas basketball, big win, 
54. You're talking about a dominating win where they, I mean, they just abused yep. <laughs> the Iowa State Cyclones and uh, pretty much had command of the game and control of the game the entire game. I think the storyline for me starts with the three guards. Um, you know, we've talked about how those three guards, if they're playing at a high level, mm-hmm. which is the expectation, and you talked about it, Harsh, that you know the key to the, the tournament is guard play. That if you got three of those guys who have experience in the postseason, um, but also guys who can play at a really high level, it makes you really, really tough. It makes you a really tough out, I should say, uh, in the in the tournament. And Texas had three really experienced guards that can play at a high level, and two of those three components were I think you know right along they they were basically uh, right down the path you needed them to be Um, and they were peaking at the right time Mm -hmm. Marcus Carr and Sergio Barry Rice the question was about Tyrese Hunter and when would he start to ascend and play at a high level maybe this is the start of it Uh, Tyrese Hunter had a great game 15 points 12 of those were in the first half hell as a matter of fact uh, your three top guards Sergio Barry Rice Marcus Carr and Tyrese Hunter combined for 43 points but 33 of those were in the first half they took command of the game early and yeah, when that, when those three guards are playing at a high level, that's when Texas can really be a lethal team, potentially making a run in the tournament. Yeah, you know the conversation that we've had throughout this season is when is Tyrese Hunter going to be the Tyrese Hunter of, of of what we thought we were going mm-hmm. to see? He's had his ups and downs. We we've all talked about the cramping that seems to be out the window now. But last night he landed, hurt his wrist a little bit but came back into the game and played well. This is the biggest thing for me. Yes, he went three of five from three-point land, and he was five of nine. But some of the things that he did differently that I was more impressed with, he worked very well off the ball. He was mm-hmm. able to cut, got a couple backdoor cuts where he got layups, and the the shot started to fall for him. And just like anything else, Rod, you know as well as I do, you start seeing some things positive start happening to you, your confidence starts to go through the roof. Mm-hmm. You start seeing the ball better at the plate. You start running your routes a little bit more. You start covering people because, oh, I broke that pass up. Oh, I'm doing the right things. Now I can start being free again. And that's what it was. And we – We've all been on the other side of it, too, where every at-bat is a pressed at-bat. I'm up there thinking every pitch is a strike when they're throwing balls over your head. I'm still swinging at them. So you're going through these these procedures in your your everyday life. And that's why I think watching him play yesterday, and it also helps when – you played at that school, and you had a little chip on your shoulder when you see them come into your arena, so you're a little bit more focused. I've heard his post game with Craig Way and the way he was talking about it, and I was I was happy for him just because I I know what type of kid he is from all the people that have talked to us. I I, I see that joy in his face yesterday, and it wasn't a kid that looked like he was struggling to make a play. Yeah, yeah and I mean we saw when he went to mm-hmm. Iowa State. Those guys, those fans were ruthless. Yep, really going after him, and so I think that you know the the rest of his team kind of got behind him and was like, "All right, we're gonna try and get Tyrese going tonight. We're gonna try and get him the ball." And they threw the ball his way a lot early in that game to try and get him going because they were like, "Look, we know this. We know everybody when you transfer wants to go beat your old team." Yep, yep. And especially when they had said some pretty mean things to him, and he was like, "Man, go prove him wrong." And he he came out and. 
So I think part of it goes to that. And then the other part was, we talked about it before, this offense was just grinding to a halt. And we still saw at the end of the game when they were trying to run clock. But when this team went up-tempo and just really started to push the ball, everyone started to play better, including Tyrese Hunter, because you don't have time to get in your own brain at that point and get worried about, oh, am I going to hit this shot or not? You're like, no, no, pass, 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 shoot. Yep. Like, you got it. We we have to go. You don't get to think anymore. This is all instinctual. And when you get back to really good players like that, which is what Texas has, you can get a Tyrese Hunter to hit three for five from three because he's getting open shots. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing, and he doesn't have the time to process do should I shoot or not? And then the defender gets back on him, and now it's a contested shot. It, it was just uh, the whole team played at a different level of speed of play on the offensive end. Yep. Yeah, I just think it's a, it's a it's a different I don't know it's just a different mojo. They the team overall played with a different confidence when those three guards were all playing at a high level. It just seemed like they believe, everybody believed they were unstoppable offensively, that there was nothing they, that the opponent could do offensively. Now they stopped themselves. They had that yep. cold stretch. Uh, they always seem to find <laughs> one, don't they? They had one. But <laughs> at, at that point, I mean, it, it, that, hell, Iowa State couldn't make a basket really either because Texas defense still came to play. So, they, it, yes, offensively they couldn't find the consistency when they did hit that cold stretch, which seems to be you know, all too frequent with this. It's not as frequent as it was, as it was last year. Last right. year, Last year was a problem. Last year was losing you basketball games. This year, uh, I mean, you see that with a lot. I bet if I watched enough college basketball games, I probably could see that with a lot of teams across the country. Yeah, I mean, we remember Iowa State had a six-minute drought in this game. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, so, exactly. And it, by the way, it, it is a lot more fun to watch the other team have a drought. Uh, yeah. Way, way more <laughs> yeah. fun to watch. And Texas, man, that 16-0 run, uh, was it a five-minute stretch, basically? Yeah. That's what you're talking about. I mean, in the first half, that was that was, that, that was the game. Yeah. That's yep. when the game was put away pretty well, much. I mean, if you look at that beginning of the game, Texas scores, it goes back, and it's 4-2. to two, And then Iowa State puts up eight quick points. And you're like, oh, another yeah. slow start, another. We can't go. They come out of that media timeout, and that's when Texas kind of flipped the corner and went on that big run. And their defense tightened up, we saw, so that that's where you get a six-minute drought from Iowa State. Mm-hmm. And you feed offense off defense. And they were able to do that, and that was when they once – once Tyrese Hunter started to hit some shots – you saw more smiles on the faces. And, you know, in Texas, when people are smiling, we're usually doing pretty good. And so when you saw that, you saw the guys really rooting for Tyrese. And it picked everybody up. And then everybody started to fit, feel yeah. that, all right, yeah. hey, man, we can start hitting. Especially when you're hitting. at home. Yeah. They smell the blood. I'm glad they did because they started to press. Yes. Too. Um, they were just like, yes. no, we're just going to throw in a couple of – we're just going to put as much pressure on Iowa State as we can. And that was smart because then the crowd fed off of it. Yep. It really – it made it really is a formula when you're playing at home. Yeah. That that defense does indeed feed the, mm-hmm. you know feed up the crowd. It's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. And they'll really feed each other. And you saw it in that game, a prime example of it. And yeah, when they can make buckets like they could last night, um, man, Texas just they're hard to beat. They're about any I mean, they can play with anybody in the country when they're playing like that. The most that was be- a complete game. No doubt about it. And I really, close to it. I don't know if it was complete. It was close. It was a complete he first half. Doubt. He started a four-minute Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, was was a, it was a and great first was half. Nine, 90% maybe, 80, <laughs> yeah, cause, 85 I mean, to 90% In complete. the start of the second half, I, Iowa State didn't score much either. Right. So there was a long period of time where you're like, man, Texas is playing awful offensively. However, they're not losing the lead really because they're playing good enough defense to stop them on the other end. But, yeah, I they there is still things you need to work on of – Keeping a lead right now for Texas is going to be an issue going forward because they do play really well up tempo, 
But when you're trying to hold the ball out, that's when we saw a lot of plays where it was going down to guys jacking up shots with three minute, three seconds on the shot clock because they're just not – there's no way for them to really flip that switch and go, everybody play like you're playing – like there's 30 seconds on the shot clock. Everybody go again. Everybody just kind of stands there and they play iso ball and then teams that, double off them and it doesn't work. That, that, you, just, you just hit the nail on the head. It's the fact that they stop moving. Yeah. When they're moving, it's a beautiful game. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's, this is what I expect from them with the experience that they have. When you look at what they did on the bench yesterday, bringing Serge Ibari, Brock Cunningham, also uh, Arter- Arterio Morris played great he as well, well yeah. and then Bishop, of course. But when you look at their bench – that is the most important part about it because when they come in, it looks like the the offense moves. You know, Brock is going to be diving and running people over, so he never sits still. Arterio Morris is like a bull in a china shop sometimes when he get into the game because he plays at such a high pace. And then, of course, Bishop, he's talking trash to everybody, and Serge Jabari's the guy that's just going to knock down shots. So that group right there – continues to move. I think to your point, Patrick, when they get to that that part where they start chilling a little bit is when the team starts looking, you said it the other day, looking for Marcus Carr to take that shot. They're in a panic mode, so let's get it to Marcus. He'll jack it up somewhere. Mm-hmm. They did that early in the game, and then they, they, they switched it up. They started moving. Those are the types of things that I continue to look for. If they can play where they're moving constantly – they're going to be a better team, and they're going to be a tough out. They still need that presence in the middle because Iowa State didn't have anybody that was attacking the middle of the of the paint or getting no, they up had, into the they body. Had, I can't remember, but they had somebody who was basically getting every rebound and just tipping it back in because no one was yeah. boxing him out. Right. But, but he wasn't somebody that would grab no. it to score. No, no, no. And, yeah. and I'll, I'll tell you, there was one play, if you're talking about movement off the ball and a team working well together – where they make a great pass out to Christian Bishop, but it's on the three-point line. A defender falls over, so another one's coming out to help. But Christian Bishop can't shoot that. Right. So now someone else on the team has to make a move, or else you've wasted getting this team all thrown off, because now they're going to reset where Christian Bishop tries to figure out what to do with the three-point line. And Tyrese Hunter makes a great cut to the basket. Christian Bishop finds him. Easy layup. And it's one of those plays, Tyrese Hunter's not done all season moving like that off the ball. But the whole team, and when you saw that, like that identifies – this team moving without the ball to go, hey, man, I know he's in trouble immediately. Right. As soon as I see the ball there, I see an opening, and I see, oh, there's a passing lane because this defender just fell over. Let me cut to that passing lane. I'm going to go into the basket too, catch it, easy layup. And plays like that are huge because now, even though Christian Bishop isn't a three-point shooter, his ability to make a pass and see things makes it so you do have to come out and block passing lanes at least on him or else he'll be able to kill you in those and like plays like that are a big example of why this team was working last night as opposed to when they try and slow the game down. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah no, I'm with you. It seemed like, and I like uh, Hard's point about, you know, the movement just kind of keep this, you know, if you keep that, they're so athletic too. Yeah. Um, they're really, really a hard team to defend uh, when they got a lot of those moving pieces. And, you know, uh, in addition to the Holy Trinity, the the trio of guards that played really, really well, we'll get back to it because uh, Sergio Barry Rice, um, man, he, at home, he, I mean, he's been phenomenal. Yep. Um, he's been really good, period, all year long. But, man, he's been great. And Marcus Carr actually played off the ball. You were talking about yep. that yesterday. Um, had some Marcus Carr playing off the ball uh, as opposed to him, you know, being kind of more ball dominant. But Brock Cunningham Ooh. is the point I want to bring up. Yeah. Uh, his, he had eight points, four assists, three steals. He was he was in, he was kind of in 
instant, you know, energy and juice. Yep. Always. Always. That's always <laughs> been his MO because he's a junkyard dog for yep. them. Yep. But it wasn't always with the added value of offense. Yeah. Right. And now he's in, in addition to him being the juice and the defense and the energy and, you know, kind of an attitude change for the team, he's a, he's he's not an offensive liability. No. Now he adds something offensively to you. Man, his and I, uh, shout out to my man Matt Butler, who just you know he's deep diving to the stats all the time, man. So it's just, he's always finding a little nuggets. I, I like could just imagine how how you guys are sitting there in oh. the lab talking to each other. You're like, oh yeah, oh, oh no, yeah. he's doing. I, I go to his house sometimes, and he's got like a couple of tables and just papers, <laughs> kind of like you, spread out everywhere, yeah, just all over the place. Um, and he's doing it, you know, for yeah. probably a better purpose because he's actually kind of a fantasy yeah. sports savant, if you will. But he had this little nugget he put out there via Twitter. So basically, he says for the season, um, based that Brock Cunningham has a net rating of plus forty two point three, meaning Texas outscores opponents yep. one hundred forty. To ninety-seven point six per one hundred possessions with Brock on the floor last year, he had a net rating of plus forty-one point four, so it wasn't bad. Either. That's one hundred thirty-two to ninety point six per one hundred possessions. Um, but if <laughs> that, that's crazy, both seasons basically he's led the Longhorns, so he's always been that added, like I said, juice to the lineup. But now you're talking about a guy who is, you know, one of the he, he's now offensively been able to add that too. Right. Um, and I don't think that's always been the case. Um, he is. No, um, he, he was never this good of a shooter when he got to the University of Texas. I, I kept thinking of him as a robot when he got here. Yeah. No, you and, know what I'm saying? And, yeah, and Nick Moyle uh, of um, San Antonio Express News, he put out that he's plus 25 in the 23 minutes last night that he played, uh, which means he's plus 227 this season <laughs> in plus minus fourth best mark in the Big 12 behind Grady Dick, um, Marcus Carr, and Jabari Rice. Jabari, yep. Jabari Rice is plus 232. Marcus Carr is plus 246. Um, so basically two of the top four come off the bench. Yeah. And plus minus for Texas. And which is it's why Texas same, continues same to yeah. trend in the right direction. They're starting to get hot at the right time. They're fighting their way through these games because what have we been talking about all year? The bench scoring. The bench scoring has been a vital part and a key to their success to their success all season long. Yes, you got the starters that do the numbers. You talked about Marcus Carr and he's gonna be a vital part. We've been giving Timmy Allen a lot of love. But when you get off that bench, when those guys get up off that bench, they bring it and they bring it every single night. It may not be pretty, but they showing up and they bringing it. Thirty four points off the bench. Yeah, that's huge. That's, that's huge. No, it is. I mean, that's that was a that was a really impressive performance by Texas. I mean, it had the you know the game overtime win, just survive uh, and, and advance kind of win over Oklahoma. But this win was a statement win over yep. a ranked team, um, and I think this is kind of what you guys we were talking about earlier in the week when um, you know I guess the discussion was. Now I was basically pointing out, hey, in the Big Twelve, you want to win ugly. Yep. Um, and I think the point that you guys were making is, yeah, win ugly, but there are opportunities to take control of a game mm-hmm. and take command of it. And and this is one of those games where they had an opportunity to do it and they did it. Yes. And in Oklahoma game, they really, you know, they really never took command of the game at all. They found a way to win it. That's great. Um, but you played to 
your competition and not to a standard. Right. This game, they played to a standard, not competition. Yeah. That's no, they, they played – this is, again, you – like, and it's something you have in your brain as a player, but if it's a ranked team, you think, hey, man, we got to bring our A game. And if it's not ranked, you may think, oh, we don't have to bring our A game. And they did not bring their A game the last two games. And today they did, or yesterday they did. And you saw they out-rebounded Iowa State. They, basically every hustle stat they got over Iowa State. Yep. They just came out as – and they came out a little slow again. It was a little bit, yeah. And we after that, you saw it click in of, okay, no, this is the basketball team we can be. But I, a big part going forward was – until you show teams that you could figure out a way if they tried to take Marcus Carr out of the game, if you could still score points while that was happening, everyone was going to overdo that. Yep. In last night's game, you showed, oh, no, no, we can have everyone score. You're not, you can't guard one guy and stop us. That's and that's something you have to continue to do because teams are still going to try and take Marcus Carr out of the game because yep. they know he's what Texas wants to go to. So you were going to have to continue to play at that level with everybody else on the court. To, to let Marcus Carr then get his in the second half because the first half is going to be a lot of trying to get Marcus Carr away from it and then hopefully you get a Tyrese Hunter to hit a few threes and they go, oh, my crap, but now we have to put an, like we have to switch defenders <laughs> over on him. And then if Brock Cunningham hits shots like we talk about, mm-hmm. then everyone's – they're like, well, we never even had to guard him. Exactly. We yeah. never it's had not to guard this report, guy. Coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if Dylan the Sioux hits threes, you're, you're, now you're having to bring guys out. Yeah. There's so many things that if certain things start happening in a game and you, only, you don't need all of them to happen, if all of them happen, you're winning. But you need – like three out of five to happen. Yeah. yeah. And we saw in those last two games, I mean, at Texas Tech and at Oklahoma, they probably had one out of five, and they were able to pull out a win against Oklahoma. But you need three out of five on average to kind of get you to be able to play against some of these better teams. You need solutions yeah. for the need, problems that will be presented you by You need good Tyrese coaches. Hunter to, Just, to go off for 15 or yeah, more. You need yeah. so, you need a Timmy Allen to put up 20. Yeah. Or you need like you just need pieces of other guys to step up and they didn't have that in some of these other games and last night everyone stepped what up. What I like also about the Marcus Carr point that you made, five assists. Yeah. yeah. Um so when the, the you know when the opportunity presented himself for him to be a distributor he also was a distributor same thing with yep. Tyrese Hunter I believe yep. had five yep. assists as he well did. yeah um, so those, those guys were really good at seeing well the, they gave him they gave Tyrese oh sorry uh one assist they oh, gave Timmy he? Allen four. Oh my bad yeah okay yeah, my bad. yeah. Uh, off about that one um but yeah see they I think that for Marcus Carr it was you know important for him to have the and for Timmy Allen too I guess for yep. a guy that ends up handling the basketball to be able to distribute the basketball and they forced 16 turnovers too that's a that's a big, big deal. I want to give a shout-out to the, the fan, the fan base. This has been one of the best basketball seasons for Texas in a very long time, and the fans are a major part of the success. The, when they were de- developing the Moody, this is what they had in mind, in mind with the, the corral for all the students, the overflow up top, the way that it's been sold out every single night. That has been huge, and those fans deserve a lot of credit. You've been there. I mean, you've been yeah. sitting there every single night. You hear how loud it is, especially when you can't even talk to the people that are sitting next to you. That is amazing, and that is a home court advantage. Yeah, no, it's it's an insane difference of the worst games, like the worst crowd response games at the Moody Center are about average to some of the best games that were at the Frank Irwin Center. Right. Just in volume and, <clears throat> and capacity and every. All of those pieces, 
It, there's uh, the games that where you're like, yeah, they were playing kind of a nobody early in the season during when school was out. Right. Are probably your, your quietest games of the season. And some of those were still par with like <laughs> yeah. Texas versus Baylor at Darwin Center. I love it. I love it. Yeah. No, it's a, it is a phenomenal environment. That's why they're 16 and 1 at home so far this season. Uh, so Texas basketball, big win over Iowa State, 72-54. to uh, Another win over a ranked team in Texas. I mean, it doesn't – there's no letdown in the Big 12. No. They got to go on the road now. <laughs> two, two consecutive games on the road at Baylor, then at TCU. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, the way it looks right now, because they're tied with Kansas – and uh, both of those teams are 11-4 and four in the Big 12, so they're tied with Kansas right now. And if Texas handles their business, that last game versus Kansas could be what determines the regular season for sure. champion. Oh, that would 12. be so beautiful. That'd be sweet. Yeah, that would be so beautiful. Be for that means, yeah, because that means you've – I mean, look, if you win these next two games, you may already have it in the bag, but – Considering they have the tiebreaker on you, you know what? Let's just go win, win at Baylor, win. win at TCU, yep. and then win it, win at home for Kansas, and yep. just keep rolling it all the way yeah. through. Yep. Yeah, I'm you can have a share that. of it too. I guess that's yeah. also an option: share of it or win it. But I'm with yeah. you. Uh, take care of your business. I, but I love Tyrese Hunter said in the post game interview was he was like, "Man, it's a big thing. We get the win, so we get a day off tomorrow, a full day off, a full day." He's like, "A full day off," <laughs> and then he goes. But you know we'll take the full day off in the gym because we're trying to win a championship. Yeah, that's so, a beautiful. So you part. love you yeah. love that this team is trying to still they get it and they want a day off for like I don't want coaches around me. Yeah, well like we'll still ball. <laughs> yeah, we but just want to go. I don't want to get yelled at for yeah. a while. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, let's get into the Texas baseball team because they also had a big <clears> win uh, last night as well. Shout out to my man Craig Way because I believe Craig Way was pulling <laughs> double duty, hardest working man in sports entertainment here <laughs> in the state of Texas, maybe in the country. Uh, but big win, Harge, for the Texas baseball team, 12-2 over uh, at Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, what were the highlights for you getting a chance to check out the, the uh, Texas baseball team in their home opener? Well, here's the thing that I really enjoyed. No errors. No errors are a huge part of it because up until that point, Texas had made an error in every game. Mm. So that was a huge part of it. And then, of course, you know, you get the home cooking. You get to play in front of your home fans. You get to play on AstroTurf. You get a subpar pitching uh, opponent in AM Corpus Christi. And you go out there and you swing the bat. Texas had 12 runs on 17 hits. So that's a major part of it because after last weekend and you got a chance to see some real power arms, you get to come home and play against a team like this. LeBaron Johnson threw the ball well. He had a dominant performance after the first inning. Remember I told you, I was like, man, they hit a home run on him in the first inning or he drove home that run. And then after that, he settled down and pitched lights out. This is somebody that is a huge human, human, human being, excuse me, on the mound that has a presence like no other. And if he can throw strikes, it'll be a beautiful thing. And that's exactly what he was able to do. At some point, I think he might be the closer. Remember, I was talking to you off air. I was like, I don't know what they're going to do on the back end of their bullpen to try to figure out who's going to be the closer. And if he can go out there and throw strikes, that's it. I just need you to throw strikes. He can be nasty because he is that big presence on the mound. It's more about consistency right now. And last night he threw the ball well. He did. I love the way he bounced back, too. He yeah. said had some struggles early on, gave up that with solo shot early on, yeah. um, but only allowed three hits, one earned run, which was that shot, and the eight strikeouts. So he did. He looks he's 6'4". 
Yeah, he's a, he's a young, he's, and he's eight, huge man. Six four and long. Yeah, very like six long. Four. It's good to be six four. He's six four and like long. Like the ball is range. right on you yeah, as soon as he lets it go. Yeah, yeah, he did, and he looks like a freak up there on the mound. <laughs> uh, but you also, of course, I mean, it was an offensive uh, onslaught, if you will, for Texas. Um, I think uh, I love I love the stat. Every Longhorn reached base at least mm-hmm. once by the fifth inning. Yep. And it was that uh, that big was it uh, was it a, a fifth inning? Did they have these six yep. runs? Yep. And that it was blew, the bottom of the fifth. And that blew everything open. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much that was it. That was like that Texas basketball sixteen zero run. Yeah. And after that, exactly. That was all she wrote. Yeah. Uh, Kennedy got a triple. He tripled it to right field. Drove in three runs that inning. Uh, Dylan Campbell hit the ball well last night as well. Porter Brown almost killed Coach Pierce over at third base. <laughs> ball came right at his head, and he had to duck and get out the way. And he said this morning, he's like, man, I'm so glad that I looked over there because I was watching the runner at second base, and the next thing I know, the ball is right at me. I was like, you still got some instincts, man. I like that. You still get, get out of the way of that thing. So like that it. was good for them. But most importantly, you know, these young players got a chance to <sighs> exhale. You know, get first dub, you, get, you got you got the win. dub, and whew, you wasn't facing that. You wasn't facing that ninety seven right out the shoot. You know, you got a chance to go in there and shout out to Jalen Flores hit his first collegiate home run. And, and, and matter of fact, it was his first hit. His first hit as a collegiate player was a home run. So nice. shout out to him. Yeah, uh, they had five extra base hits, which was. More as as many as they had yep. in the first three games, <laughs> exactly combined, uh, had fifteen hits. So it really was, man. It was a a prolific performance by the Texas baseball team. Um, uh, Duplantier, there's mm-hmm. a, a, the the brother, the brother. Yeah, there was brother. One's man. the second baseman, Jaden, who I think is going so to be special. So, okay, and, and then, then his brother Andre, Andre wow. is the pitcher, and he right now they would consider him probably the closer as of right now, Andre. Mm. But you still have those moments where you're trying to figure out who's going to be what, if they had to establish that. Man, I gotta tell you, and obviously, we're I'm in the bubble here with Texas sports, of course, and I'm myself being a Longhorn, I would love to for there to be a national study done about how many brother combos have played sports, different sports, sibling combos have played different sports at. The same school, right? Or played whatever, played the Let's same just, sport. Just played sports. Siblings have played sports at the same school. They ain't got right. sports. Whatever, same sports, whatever. And see, see where Texas is among those schools. There are a lot of them. It's a ton of them. Yeah, I mean, we can go through in football and, right. and baseball. It's like three, if I can think of, on the top of the dome. Yeah, man. Maybe we shouldn't even keep it to siblings. Maybe we should just go with, I don't know, family Familia? members, yeah. legacies. Yeah. We just well, there's legacies. a lot of that when you talk about the University of Texas, to your point, because you're so close and, here. And yeah. So you know a it's lot crazy. of the people that have come through this university. I feel like every year we're talking about a exactly. brother or some type of, like you said, um, family relation yeah. to some player that was here at Texas. We got a couple that just fit. Mm-hmm. Well, one is going to be there, Vosick. And we'll don't forget the Brockmeyers. Yeah, I would love to see a study yeah. about the just the, yeah the legacies, just yeah. family connections uh, that played sports at the same school. Because Texas got to be really high up there. And it always happens. Torres, Michael Torres, that played shortstop here at the University of Texas. His brother is O'Hara, the shortstop that's here right now as well. That's what I'm saying. So it's, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know we can do our own kind of internal study, but I would love to compare it to other schools. Yeah. It, it's got to be really high. Football yep. alone has had tons. Oh, for sure. Like, it's, like, it's, it's at least 
I don't know, at least 10 potentially just in football alone. Yep. All right. Spec sex line. Hit us up. Yeah, you I know me, you know. I know y'all know. <laughs> Hit us up. Where you at, C B? I just want I want the fam, family legacies that have played because I, I bet softball has some that we haven't even uh, gotten into. I bet they're, they're all over the place, man. It's crazy. Uh anyway, uh random thoughts there, but good stuff there. Breaking down uh Texas baseball's first win of the season home opener versus uh Texas AM Corpus Christi. We come back. We'll talk about right now what is the biggest scandal. In college basketball, probably the biggest scandal in college sports, period. All of that and more right here. We return on Ball Don't Lie, 1049 to One, two, one, woo! Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. It is a hump day edition of Ball Don't Lie, which also means it is time for midweek movie music, the midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn. That's my man Patrick. Takes songs from a certain soundtrack of a movie, plays those selections for us, and then based on uh, the songs we hear, we're supposed to gather clues and hints that's supposed to lead us to exactly what the featured film is for midweek movie music. Okay? Talking about some drugs. I know that. Right? Talking about, I mean, uh, Talking yeah, about some yeah. drugs. Nothing, I was going to say. Wrong was, with responsible was, use of legal drugs. Okay? <laughs> I don't know back don't then if they it. was legal. <laughs> hey. Because this sounds like it was back in the day music. Well, but that doesn't mean hey, that's the theme, correct? I'm listening to it right now. Yeah. Certain parts, <laughs> it ain't legal here. Well, some drugs are not the good ones. Right. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, so, okay, we got that. Who was that, by the way? So give us a little hint. Uh, that's Ryan Adams. Okay. All right. So I got the theme of it. All right. You got to think hard. You got to guess already. You, you've, you've hit it on the first time no. like twice. No, I'm, I'm trying to figure Tech out. Texan's already got it. What? Texan's already got it. I, this was one that I wouldn't have got it from that song, but I could see why people could. Oh, so I'm just talking about a drug movie? Is that basically what it is? No, not, not really. really. It's not really one? No, there's drugs in it, but I would not call it a drug movie. Is, is this Wolf of Wall Street? No. It. Okay. Is it Blow? No. All right. No, that's a drug movie. <laughs> okay. I mean, the title of it is a drug movie. difference of the drug movie. It got drugs in it. I'm like, well, 80% of movies out there got drugs in it. Uh, uh, that didn't, didn't help me out at all. Drugs in it. That's for a drug movie. Well, okay. I don't want to throw you off so much to say it's not a drug movie, and then you'd be like, there's drugs in that movie. Yeah, okay. So I didn't want to throw you off that's completely fair. off the fence. That's fair. Okay. Uh, We'll try to get it on the next one. Um, all right, let's get into uh, this story here real quickly. We'll get back to the um, the familial uh, legacies <laughs> at Texas in sports. Apparently, that's one thing that's lit up the Specs text line. There is a ton it. of them. There is a ton of them. I, I, I know just at the top of my dome that there was going to be a lot of them. I, I've forgotten how many of them there were. Um, okay, so this story is a, a wild story. So everybody's heard at this point about the uh, the murder charges that have been filed against the former Alabama basketball player yep. and also against uh, another uh, gentleman as well. Um, it, it basically got Darius Miles um, has been charged with capital murder. Mm-hmm. And 
they're having you know and Michael Lynn Davis. Michael Lynn Davis, thank yep. you very much. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and they are having depositions mm-hmm. um, right now, um, so they're hearing testimony from detectives and from people involved with the the case. And AL.com, at least Carol Robinson, she is reporting that the testimony reveals that Darius, uh, basically that Darius Miles, the one who is being charged here in this case. The one who pulled the trigger. Uh, he's being the one charged with allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I don't know what he's claiming. I think he's claiming self-defense is what they're claiming, right? Him and Michael Davis, either mm-hmm. way. Um, but it's been revealed that Brandon Miller, who is the basketball player for Alabama currently, who's a really good player, leading scorer, it's a guy that's supposed to be a lottery pick in the NBA. A lot of people say a top 10 pick mm-hmm. easily in the NBA. Like they, He's really, really highly uh, thought of in scouting circles in the NBA. They're saying that he, who's a former teammate of Darius Miles, that Basically, when he arrived on the scene of last month's shooting, that basically he told basically that basically that he gave the gun. He basically provided the gun. He provided the murder weapon. Right. Because he brought the murder weapon to the scene of the crime. Correct. He didn't pull the trigger. He did not. He did not pull the trigger. And he was not one of the not one of the ones that's being charged at all. Correct. And the police have said he will not be charged. Correct. So Alabama basketball player uh, will, you know, Brandon Miller will not be charged at all. But. They did reveal in testimony that he did bring the gun to the scene. Correct. And the coach of Alabama, Nate Oates, has even now currently they have not said that they are going to suspend him or that they are going to reprimand him at all. Um, They're basically just kind of claiming that it was a very unfortunate incident. Someone was killed, of of course. Yep. Um, A young woman was killed. She lost her life. And... They are basically. Yeah, her name was Jamia Harris. She was 23 years old. She leaves behind a five-year-old son. By yeah. The um, and even with those details, they have not stated whether they're going. They're not going to suspend him as of yet. Correct. Right now. Correct. Mm. And and to me, I, I mean, I don't know where his mind's going to be. You know, dealing with this situation, he is a young kid, and he was asked. To do something, he brought it, dropped it off, left. He wasn't even there, as you said. He left. He wasn't there. He, he just, didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, he he just, just said, "Hey, bring it to me. I need it." So, he, all right, here you go. That's, I'm gone. That's all he did. Right. Mm-hmm. So, for them to assume that he knew what was going to happen, I know everybody's going to say, "Oh man, you know what happens when you bring it." Not necessarily. There's a bunch of people walking around Austin right now with it concealed. So. We don't know what their intent is with the gun or not with the gun, so we can't assume that he knew that, hey, I need this. We don't know what their conversation was. He's just like, from all accounts, it seems like he said, hey, man, I just need you to bring it here. He didn't stick around. He couldn't get From what I read and what I heard from one of the prosecutors, they were saying that he couldn't even, the reason why he wasn't there, because he couldn't even get into the club. There was a line. So he ended up leaving and going back to the dorms, which is why, they were or not. I don't know if it was what? dorms or apartment or whatever, which is why the phone call was made and say, hey, are you by the crib? Can it, you bring it over here? If that is the case, then there is some suspicion because his car. Also, a policeman testified, an officer of the law testified that his car and another teammate, Jalen Bradley, um, were their cars were blocking the road where the victim's car was parked. Yeah. 
and that Miller's car was also struck with two bullets. Um, whether those two those cars were intentionally blocking the victim's car, nobody really knows, but it can, was. You want to so, use my car? Yeah, so I don't know. You know what I'm saying? He, yeah, he you want to use my car? Go ahead. Yeah, so I'm like, I, yeah. I, I just don't, exactly. Because yeah. it, you know, it's. Roommates use or they partners do, use they each do. other's car yeah. all the time. So those are the two things yeah. that were revealed in testimony that people are, you know, criticizing the Alabama basketball program for not acting upon. Right. Well, I mean, they, they are going to do what they feel is right, not in the court of public opinion. It kind of goes back to what we were dealing with here at the university. Everybody kept saying one thing, uh, wait, 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 wait. But this guy is not a um, – he's not employed by the office, right? He's not employed by the state, the player. He's a, he's an huh? athlete at the university, and some people would say kick him off the team. But then you also have to deal with the legal side of it as well to where this kid can go back and say, I had nothing to do with it. The DEA saying he's not being charged. There, there's other people that saying that he had zero to do with the situation and he probably wasn't lying to them, right? He has to be able to because if they called and talked to him, that means that he didn't lie about the situation either. Yeah, they have said publicly they're not going to charge him with anything. Right. They just said there's, there's nothing they can charge him with. Is what they said. Right. They said they they said there's nothing to charge him with. They don't have a charge for him. Some people say, what about accessory or what other kind of stuff? I don't know if it would hold up. It's basically what they're saying. They don't have the right. evidence to back up those types of charges. Right. Because it's be like any, like I said, it's like, hey man, I need you. Here's my code. Go to my house. Bring my my piece here because I left it and I'm not leaving to go back and get it. Can you bring it to me? And then you do that, and you have no idea what it's about to be used for. Or is it if it is going to be used? Yeah, that's not that, you're yeah. right. That's not that's not your decision. You exactly. Got to do with that. I guess if you want to charge him with bringing a gun to someone, I guess you. And you I, didn't catch him with possession that, of it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I don't know so, if that's a charge. Right. And it didn't go over state lines. It didn't do anything like that. He if just brought him, it. If you caught him with it, right? The time, then it's something else you can get him with. But yeah. you didn't catch him with it at the time, right? So people are upset about it. Oh, I'm, you know they are. But they're upset that the coach has not acted on his own. Even with the Chris Beard situation, as you brought up, Texas acted. Decided, you know what? Your conduct has – our code of honor, whatever it may be, has nothing to do with the legal – like the legal, uh, the legal code or the authorities and your status with the authorities and your legal status. We have a code of ethics that we are enforcing. Correct. And we have done our own due diligence and we are deciding that this is – going to be your punishment because not only that so I think that's what go they're up. saying alabama could act on their own they don't have to wait for you know the, the, the authorities to do so right i would say don't wait on the coach to make that decision if the university wanted to make that decision i think that is more where you need to be yeah if but the university is not laying down the law on the coach to make sure that that happened because you know it will be from the oppers oh yeah i know but they're basically that Everybody here can is benefiting from the young man being oh, eligible sure. to play because Alabama's one of the best teams in the country and he's, and the, he's best one of the best player on the team. Right. So I think that's the kind of the moral, you know, ish, yeah. issue, the ethical issue that they're dealing with here. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate on no, this no, no, one no. because you're, they're, no, you're making good. You're, if you're a lawyer, that's the point. It's right. Like, what did he do? Give me what he did, and they're like, to well, where he, he brought a down. gun to the scene of a crime, and it's like, well, what? Okay. Well, what did what did he did he do anything with the did, yeah. he, did he commit a crime with the guns? Like no, 
He just dropped it off to somebody that committed the crime. Right. It's which, like, well, you which, can't by be the charged way, by degree of separation, you know, unless but, he was actually acting in, you know, in some type of concert with them. If he was acting, if I'm them. not mistaken, I believe the gun is registered to the person who committed the crime. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like an, it's an illegal firearm. Well, two people are being charged with it, right? But one of them, I yeah. think the 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 pistol or the gun or whatever type is, of gun it may be, is registered to that person. To Darius Miles? Yeah. Okay. So that's the other part of it, too. So there's so much to unwind from this deal. It is. I could be mistaken on that, but I thought I did hear or read that that was registered to that young man. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the, that's the problem with all this stuff, and when you start looking at it, somebody got hurt at the end of the day. Somebody's life was taken, and it wasn't used in the proper way. Yeah. Especially because um, when you read the report and you hear some of the stuff, they just shot it into the car. You don't even know who's in there. And then the person returned fire. They returned fire. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which, that's why I believe self-defense is being claimed. Right. And I'm not sure if we know who fired first. what first. Yeah, exactly. We just know there was gunfire exchanged and then someone lost their life as a result of it. Unfortunately, because that young man, that, that young little five, well, that five-year-old no, yeah. lost his mother yeah. in this situation. No, it's really, it's, it, it's really sad. And Nate Oates made some unfortunate comments at one time saying that his player was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And no. because of these details, um, he had to retire. Apologize, yeah, for that quickly. Statement. Yes, yeah, for retract. The, being unaware of how <laughs> insensitive that statement was, considering someone lost their life. Yeah. All right, um, we'll come back. We'll get into the flex on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie, one hundred four nine the Horn. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the Horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex thirty is brought to you by. Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit BrainVault.com and join the movement. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Midweek movie and music edition of Ball Don't Lie. We try to gather clues from the songs and selections that my man Patrick gathers from a soundtrack of a movie that inspired him. And that's supposed to, those, those clues are supposed to lead us to the feature film of Midweek Movie Music. Cards, what you got? You got some. I'm, 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 I'm reaching right now. Let me, can I, can, can, are we allowed to ask for a clue real quick? You get a clue at 4 o'clock. Oh. You gotta wait for that third. We're only like a few minutes away. That's true. You gotta wait for that third song. Is this Ricky Bobby? This is not Ricky Bobby. Okay, it's a good guess. Yeah, it's fair. It sounds like somebody that would be racing somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this sounds like a racing song. I know. I don't, I'm not getting the vibe. It's a different vibe than the last song. Last song was uh, <laughs> about drug use. Yeah. And, and this one is just I'm your about, about rocking out. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit different. Okay. We'll see what the uh, 4 o'clock hour okay. uh, brings us for Dang midweek it. movie music. I agree. I'm disappointed in I this. I am. I'm as disappointed usual. big time. Uh, FLXATX.com will not disappoint you. Go check it out right now. As a matter of fact, Wednesday Night Flex happening tonight. Yo, yo. Um, my man Zach Lucero, um, Nolan, the seed, usually helps out. Cameron helps out with that. They do a really good job. So you can go check out uh, the pre 
preview for that. And remember, you can stick around for that tonight. You'll have the Wednesday night flex. Also, uh, the by district final scores um, and the uh, the area matchups are out there as well. So you can go check out the scores from the playoff games, from the area matchups uh, that, that we just had recently. Go check those out also at flxatx.com. Yeah, there's a lot of basketball to be played, and there's a bunch of big games for the area. Uh, Stony Point, which is 30-1, and one, will take on Cibolo Steel. Tonight, or is that going to be said the 23rd, so Friday? So there is a possibility of a matchup of Stony Point and uh, – Gosh, dog it. Oh, Buda Johnson. Buda Johnson. Johnson. I was talking to Zay about that. How about this score the other night? Round Rock beat Lake Travis 37 to 24 mm. in basketball. Yes, yeah, crazy. I mean, did they go for two? I don't even know. <laughs> so, Round Rock now plays San Antonio Reagan. And also, we want to give a shout out, especially to the girls of Pflugerville. Pflugerville Hendrickson and the Pflugerville Panthers have now advanced to the Sweet 16, and they are headed for a matchup amongst each other. If they both win, I believe that they will be playing each other to get to the Final Four as well. So shout out to those ladies as well. Yeah, go check it out, flxatx.com, flxatx, on all your social media platforms, and they do have the other Monday night scores, but also the Tuesday night uh, scores and matchups as well. You can go check those out. So a lot of great content up there for you and at high, flxatx. And high school baseball has started in the area. There is a bunch of tournaments mm. that will be happening starting tomorrow. I know that there will be some games at Westlake. There will be a ton of games in Round Rock, and I believe there will be some in Liberty Hill and Westwood. So be prepared. There's a lot of games. Baseball is happening right now. Yeah, man. It is that season. Tis the season. Tis the Uh, season. All right, we'll come back. We'll get into uh, some NFL news notes and nuggets. The uh, Daniel Jeremiah mock draft is out. Also, Cowboys, another report. Separate report. Come on. They're looking at QBs in a draft. Man. I like it. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to applaud the Cowboys on this one. I like that. Uh, also, we'll come back, check out the Specs X on. Hopefully, we get to the bottom of midweek movie music. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn.